Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. This is Jerry Galloway, and I'm the pastor of LHA Church. Thanks for joining us today. I pray this blesses you, strengthens your faith to know that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, on this Pastor Appreciation Weekend, it is a joy for Paul and I's hearts to be able to have with us Johnny and Betty Garrison Johnny and Betty are the first pastors that Paul and I uh, worked with as we began in ministry. And um, we got a great start. The two of you always treated us with extreme kindness. Boy, we were so young. And you walked the journey of life with us. Your kindness was always over the top to us. Thank you for investing in us so that we could be here and invest in other people because of what you sowed into our lives. Um, It's a real joy to have you here with us today on this day being that we started together. And uh, I was thinking the other day, Johnny, that when we started that journey with you, that you were about my age when we started that journey. And um, time goes by very quickly, doesn't it? And uh, I'm not that 21-year-old boy anymore. (laughs) I lost the hair somewhere in the process. (laughs) It is a distinct honor for you to be with us today. We're so proud to have served with you in the kingdom and to continue that even in the roles that we're in today. Johnny, would you come? Praise the Lord. Well, I um, invested in Jerry, and now look, (laughs) he's bigger than I am. What's up with that? (laughs) Just a real delight for us. We've looked forward to this. This is like a homecoming. I see people scattered around here that... I scattered around sometimes. And Betty and I have just been voted out of our eighth chair, our church in the last three years. Been great. <clears throat> My ministry now is helping churches find pastors. And uh, sometimes that's a workout. Because there aren't very many, if any, Jerry and Paula Galloways sitting around. And so, when God places his hand upon our lives, he has a purpose for us. A lot of people have said to me, said, how are you doing? This morning they've said that. (laughs) I said, I'm really doing all right. I just look like this. I mean, that just. 
That's just the way it is, you know. And, and you can't deny that. But the faithfulness of God is an amazing thing. And I come today to just uh, share with you a little bit of what's on my heart about what God is doing in our world today. He's doing some fantastic things. And we find ourselves in just in the middle of God's hand guiding us like he always has. And one of these days, well, you know what it is. We're going to make it. Amen. Amen. Not that we're not making it now, but we're still in the process, right? And so the fruition of that is going to be the culmination. And we sang about this morning of kneeling in the presence of God and giving him honor and glory. Amen. We're going to get right into the word today. And I, um, I, I'm going to speak to you this morning on J.G., Johnny Garrison. Impressed, huh? <laughs> Versus J.C. Now, anybody think that's sacrilegious? That's the initials of Jesus Christ. Right? So there's nothing wrong to use those. But yesterday as I was thinking about our service together, I came up with something that was just sheer inspiration. Your pastor's initials are J.G. <laughs> so when I preach this to myself, guess who I'm going to spill it over on? <laughs> we have so many memories, good memories of uh, Marion, and uh, the Lord just gave us six years there, and then led us in another direction, and I thought I would never pastor again after I left Marion, and I've pastored a church on the south side of Indianapolis, and now then I've been in a hundred and... I was counting up the other day, I think 155 or 60 churches in Indiana. I just kind of move around, you know, <laughs> and stop in. And, uh, but um, years ago, when I was state youth director, I was thinking today, some people in Marion for one place and some other places as well, a lady passed away that had been in our congregation in Southwood and uh, had led our worship for us and so on. And a lot of people got it in their, on Facebook that Betty had died, my wife. It was so precious. Oh, we, we, uh, we got cards. <laughs> we got phone calls. And I, I don't know what will happen when she does. I mean, I, it, it'll just be awesome, I guess, but... Uh, but no plans for the immediate future, but uh, just want you to know that we love all of you and are happy to be with you today. A few months ago, I got a phone call, and 
The man on the other end of the line said, uh, Johnny, I'm in trouble. And I said, well, Gary, what's going on? He said, well, I've been given one month to live, have cancer. He had been raised in Lakeview Church when I was there the first time. I've spent two tenures of service at Lakeview. The last one was doing the seniors. <laughs> I thought I was going back for junior high, but they... <laughs> so I took care of the seniors for a while, and uh, this guy had a praying, godly, interceding mother. And I'm convinced that's why he's in heaven today. I buried her several years ago, buried his dad. Now Gary is in trouble. And he said, would you come see me? I said, I sure will, but I'll pray for you right now. I did on the phone. I went out to see Gary on a Friday, had prayer with him, led him to the Lord. Another minister came while I was there, and he shared with me, and we... Because of relationships, he was able to add to that conversion experience. And the next day, I went back to check. Oh, I was going to go back to check on Gary. And his daughter called and said, Dad passed away last night. One day, one day, I buried Gary. A year went by, and almost to the day, I got a phone call. And it was Gary's brother, Dave. David was the older boy. Lived a life also being raised in Lakeview Church. Got away from God, lived his own life, did his own thing. Called me up, said, I got trouble. It's great to be a preacher that gets called once in a while. I'd like to get one and say, hey, things are great. (laughs) 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 But here is a man in trouble. I visited him three times. He came back to the Lord. I had his funeral. I was driving home from that uh, experience or one of the times I was visiting Dave, and I said, God, you know, I just, uh, I just turned 80. One. <laughs> but this was back when I turned 80. And I said, what is my purpose that you have for me now. And it was just like the Holy Spirit came in and sat down on the passenger side of my car, front seat, and said, Johnny, I have called you to connect people with me. And I said, God, I can handle that. And so I'm here today to just help you understand how important it is to serve God and stay faithful to God. And Jerry just referring, making reference to his beginnings. And I remember one time I walked down the hall at Westside and and I heard this voice and it was pounding away and I kind of looked in the door And I stepped back and I said, oh, God, that guy is going to make it because the power of the Holy Spirit is upon his life and he's a preacher and a pastor. And he is. 
And when I look at that and I look at our lives, you may ask yourself the question, what is God's plan for my life? Well, I've got good news for you. He's got one. Or you wouldn't be here. It is God's purpose and prerogative to use us for his honor and for his glory. And so this morning, I am a strong believer in the spirit world. I believe that. I'm a strong believer in the flesh. Pinch yourself. Huh? Yeah, you're still still kicking. How about these things back here? I thought those were the beginning of angel wings one day. Shoulder blades. So you've got the flesh here, JG, and you've got JC on this side. And here's that cross pull, flesh and spirit, flesh and spirit. My brother, 23 years of age, out of Bible college, 13 months, youth pastor in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, out with his youth group on July the 2nd, 1974, drowned. One of the toughest times of my life, our family's lives, but as I look back on that now, I see the plan of God in Sammy's life. And God had a purpose for his life. And the next day after he had drowned, a lady in my dad's church in Arkansas, Springdale, in there for surgery and now she's going home that very day. And she said that my brother, now listen to me, came walking down the hall whistling, walked into her room, prayed for her, and said, see you later, turned around walked down the hall whistling. She told her kids when they came to pick her up, take her home. She said, man, the most amazing thing happened. Sammy Garrison came to see me yesterday, in the, or yeah, in the hospital today, yesterday. I'll get it straight after a while. I am 81 after all. And uh, she said it was just the most amazing thing. And people said, Mom, Sammy drowned in Cedar Rapids, Iowa last night. She couldn't tell her that. She was not a visionary. She was not crazy. She was not eerie in her faith. I believe in the spirit world. How about Moses and Elijah showing up on the Mount of Transfiguration in Israel? Huh? Some people say, Moses never got to go to the promised land. Come on, read your Bible. It was fantastic. And Jesus was transfigured right before his very eyes. All right, that's my introduction. <laughs> Not bad, huh? Okay, here we go. Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. 
We're going to look at this scripture passage today in the book of Galatians, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And it talks about the freedom that we have in Christ. I love it. And let me read it real quick with you. Verse 1 of Galatians chapter 5, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. And let me just interject here that circumcision was a work in the flesh, of the flesh. Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated, that's a big word, from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. I love that. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. We get free when we no longer live by law. Let, let me just emphasize so much today that so many things are trying to cut in on our walk with God. And there is always that thing that is pulling at us to alienate us, alienate us from God. And the Holy Spirit wants to overcome that by indwelling us with his presence and his power. So, if you're going to shift and make it about keeping an extra law, then you need to be ready to do all of the law because without the Christ and the shedding of his blood and the salvation that comes from him, we don't have anything. But him, the one who sets us free. <laughs> and those that he sets free are free indeed. Amen? Now, come on, church. This, this is such a powerful thing because just a little bit of wrong thinking can get you going in the wrong direction. Can. Can get you there. I was at a church the other day. I went to filling in. And uh, my first Sunday there, and I saw some of people as they saw me out in the lobby. And they, I heard a couple of ladies, you know, is that our new fill-in pastor whatever? Yeah, it's him. Whoa. So after the service, she came up to me and she says, I I've got to make a confession to you. She said, when you first came in, I thought, oh, my. But then she said, I saw your cool shoes. <laughs> and she said, I knew we were going to be all right. Well, the Bible talks about having your feet shod with a 
preparation of the gospel of peace. So. But let me just remind you of how important it is that you're always on guard of those things that can step into your life and take you away from obeying the truth of God that he has for you to walk in. Amen. And there's nothing that is more satisfying than living for Jesus Christ. I recommend it highly. And you ought to enjoy the journey while you're doing it for heaven's sake. Amen. Not always easy. Our son, Bruce, some of you will remember Bruce, 24 years in, in Europe, he's a missionary, went through a terrible divorce after 19 years of marriage. I remember sitting down with Bruce and him saying, Dad, I guess my ministry's over. Tough. I felt it, just like it was me. But you know what? God is a restorer of things that the enemy tries to come in and beware of that stuff because it, it happens all over the place. We live in a day when we've got a plague on of tearing up families and breaking up homes. It's, it's happening. But when you put God right out there in front, not JG, but JC, and let him lead and let him guide and let him be with you. And sometimes if he doesn't deliver you from a situation, he'll go through it with you. And he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's always with us, always to the end of the age. That's what he said. I'm counting on it. Amen. That's my final answer. I believe it. Hallelujah. Now, let's go down in this chapter again to verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Aren't you glad? But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Man, I saw a lot of love on this platform this morning. God bless you for that. I've seen several things on platforms, but this is good. <laughs> for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one Command, love your neighbor as yourself. How many have a neighbor? <laughs> Aren't they great? Aren't their dogs great? <laughs> Don't you just love the cats they have? <laughs> oh, man. Sometimes it would try the faith of Job. But the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. Says it. You can try any way you want to, but you're not going to nullify that one because that's what the whole thing is about. We love each other as Jesus loves us. Amen. And so, do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, let's look at this one. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's the way you do it. 
For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Hallelujah! Aren't you glad? Now watch this. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Here's a list. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Come on, Paul. Fits of what? Oh, okay. Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. <sighs> How many of you got shot? Huh? I, I, I was doing good. I was just rolling until I got to that fence of rage. I said, uh-oh. I was following a guy the other day. I'm kind of like Jack Morgan, Jerry. Old Jack used to tell me, you couldn't hire me to drive on that 465 in Indianapolis. And I know what he means because this guy gave a right turn signal and I started out around him. Or a left turn signal, that's the way it was. Left turn signal, I started out around him and he turned right. Oh, no. And I found this man of God saying, you idiot. (laughs) Couldn't believe that would come out of my mouth. Next time it happens, I'm just going to say moron, okay? (laughs) But a lot of things can pull us into works of the flesh, amen? Some of them are just real small. How many ever had parents that said, you're just that close? You're just that close. If I have to stop this car and come back there, you're going to get it. Anybody? (laughs) You don't have to. That's all right. But we can slip into idolatry in many, many different ways. Really can. And lose our liberty in Christ. Now, sometimes family idolatry can be a problem. Um, Some people can't serve God because they're too hung up on the family. Amen? Paul said it this way, Romans 7, 19. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. That's the conflict. It's in there. Um, In the ministry, you run into a lot of things. And counseling was not always my favorite thing to do, but heaven knows it has to be done sometimes. Premarital counseling, that's that's an important one. And... uh, one day I was sitting in my office in Lakeview and secretary buzzed me and said, there's a young lady down here to see you. I said, well, who is it? And she told me, and I said, send her up. So I got up, opened the office door, and she came in. She had a big black eye. I said, uh, Patty, what happened? 
Well, she said, Steve hit me. Well, I don't know what had happened, but I know that was a no-no. Men, you don't do that to women, amen? And so I said, well, tell me about it. I'd married this couple. Daddy and I had counseled them. <laughs> and she says, well, I, I went to Paul Harris. That's a dress shop in Indianapolis. It used to be. And she said, I bought 470, I remember the figure, $476 worth of clothes. And she said, I wrote a check, and it bounced. I couldn't believe it. She said, we still had two checks in the checkbook. I said, oh, my Lord. I think I left the office and drove home and said, Betty, honey, we're going to have to deal with people a little more intently about their finances because this ain't working. Huh? Life comes at you in a lot of ways, doesn't it? That's a conflict. And some people think that a balanced budget, a budget period, if it balances or not, you better know that because that is part of life. And finances have gotten more people in trouble. Money, 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 money. The Bible does not say money, money, money tickles the parson. It does not say that. It says many, many. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> we need to understand. Here's the way this whole thing works. The flesh produces doubt. But the Spirit produces faith. Amen? The flesh produces religion, but the Spirit produces relationship. Not only with each other, but with God. Man, you got to have it right with God. Got to do it. It takes some effort sometimes, but oh, I want to tell you, there's one standing there. J.G., not always. He'd like to sometimes, but he might not be capable. But J.C. stands there like this and says, I can take care of it for you. Amen. Amen. And so he's on our side. The flesh produces legalism while the spirit produces grace. Not just for you. Not just for you, but for each other. Remember when I went to Southwood Church, I had a guy there that, well, let's just say if I had him up here with me, he looked like a tank, and I'd look like a Volkswagen <laughs> by comparison, so that gives you an image. And I remember going into that church the first Sunday, and well, I preached there for 14 weeks, and then finally the board said, hey, look, we're tired of looking for a pastor. We want you to be our pastor. And I said, oh, okay. And I saw this guy. First Sunday I was there. Ponytail, muscle shirt, tattoos, beard. 
I looked at that crowd and I said, that guy needs God. I can tell by looking at him. He's a tough customer. We got into worship. I looked at him again. Tears running down his cheeks. Arms as high as he could get them. Power of God all over that dude. I said, uh-oh. <laughs> Check that one off, John. <laughs> you missed it, big boy. That guy knows who Jesus is. Did he ever? He'd always help me baptize people. Hey, hey listen, I could have put a truck in that baptismal tank and he could have picked it up if they... <laughs> Not a problem. And I recognize that so many times if we live by the flesh, we're going to miss a lot of things that God has for us in the spirit. Because he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. <laughs> Some people probably that have never heard me before or seen me before say, well, the sound mind part we're not sure about. <laughs> Let me tell you. It's just so important for us. And here, here, here's the key to this whole thing. And it's found in these next verses, chapter 5, verses 22 through 26. Watch this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Talked about that. Joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh huh, with his passions and desires. You have to do it. Since we live by the Spirit, and here is the key, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and ending each other. Wow. I stood here this morning and watched the Holy Spirit accept our praise. And I thought, Lord, Paula, God love you. And he does. Even got your social security number. <laughs> I said, man, here's a church that is keeping in step with the Spirit. Don't see that everywhere, folks. Don't. Don't feel it. But in the work of the Holy Spirit, he's so cool. And the way he works in our lives to keep us in step with the Spirit. Let me give you three key words and then I'm done. Number one, it requires me to see. If I walk in the Spirit, I can see things that I can't see if I don't allow the Holy Spirit to be a part of my life and my guidance and my direction. You have to have the Spirit to be able to see spiritual things. And thank God he is available to us. I, I read something the other day. Man, this was so cool. Just because you can walk in the dark doesn't mean you have to. 
Now, sometimes we're called in our walk with God, our journey, to take a step of faith. And sometimes that step of faith is like stepping out into the dark. But let me tell you something about God. When that happens to you, one of two things can happen. He'll either give you a rock to stand on. Do you like that? There's a lot of shifting sand going on right now. Or, <laughs> woo, he'll teach you how to fly. <laughs> how about it? Amen? I like the flying part better. Because one of these days, Pilot Jerry, <laughs> proud of this guy, man, I'll fly away. Amen. So, if you're here this morning and you're kind of in that place where, man, you don't understand, it's a little tough. Hey, God knows where you're at. And he'll either give you that solidity to step on or he'll just teach you to fly. And you don't see that until you look to him. Psalm 119, 105 said, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Number two, when the spirit is in touch, and you're in line with God through the Spirit, it requires you to listen. Listen. What's God saying to me? Um, God speaks, but sometimes we don't hear him. Some people say, I've never heard God speak. He had not been listening. A lot of ways he talks. Uh, Betty and I, you know, we've reached that age. We've been married 59 years now. Um, when we got married, we could hear all kinds of stuff. No problem. But now we hear all kinds of stuff. She'll say one thing, and I'll think she said something else. I'll say one thing, and she thinks I've said something else. Crazy. It's just crazy. So I said, honey, let's go, let's go get your ears tested. <laughs> just a kind of gesture on the part of the husband to the wife. So we did. She went in the little booth, and they did all the stuff and came out. And the guy that uh, took care of her said, well, she does need some hearing aids. Got some hearing loss there. And uh, said, how about you? I said, I So he said, I'll tell you what, I'll do, for nothing, I want to put you in the booth and let's see how you do. Okay? I can handle that. So I walked in, sat down, and there's whistles and there's bump, 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 bumps and whatever. What did you hear? Huh? So we got out and I came out and said, well, how'd I do? <laughs> Well, he said, I've got some news for you. Your hearing is worse than hers is. <laughs> I hit that guy and knocked him 
No, I didn't, of course. You know, there's a difference between hearing and listening. Do you know that? There is a distinct difference. Let me help you with that. Now, you've got to remember, I went to Pea Ridge High School in Arkansas, so this is pretty valid stuff. Okay, here we go. Hearing is a word that's used to describe the physiological sensory processes by which auditory impressions are received by the ears and transmitted to the brain. All right. I can read also. <laughs> Listening, on the other hand, is different. It refers to a more complex psychological procedure involving interpreting and understanding the significance of the sensory experience. Huh. Illustration. I have two children, Bruce and Rhonda. When they were small, I'd say, Bruce, don't do that to Rhonda. Okay, Dad. Five minutes later, same thing. Bruce, don't do that to Rhonda. Okay, Dad. Five minutes later, same procedure. Dad took over. Bruce! <laughs> now, what was the problem? He heard me, but he wasn't listening. How dangerous is that? Could cost you your soul. Because the Bible teaches us Isaiah 30 and 21, whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. I want to tell you this morning, the Holy Spirit is with us. Don't have to go searching after him. The illustrations of finding him in our lives are too numerous to tell, but let me tell you, when you obey, good things happen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so God is able to help us in that area of our lives to obey not the flesh, but the spirit as we listen. Hear what the spirit says to the church. And then last of all, when you walk in the Spirit, it requires you to follow the Spirit. Follow Him. While I was in Evansville, Bruce was two years old. And so my caretaker was Brother Davis, big old stately tall Kentucky man, loved him dearly. I was in my office one morning in summertime, and I looked out the window, and I saw Brother Davis out mowing the yard. We didn't have a riding mower. He's pushing. Big old long legs, six foot four. And then I noticed something behind him, movement. <laughs> and I got to look, and it was my son, two years old. I bought him a little push mower toy. So here's Brother Davis. And here's Bruce. 
What was he doing? Trying to stay in step with Brother Davis. Man, that's what God wants from every one of us in this room. To stay in step with the Spirit. And when you do, you get the lawn mowed, get the chores done, get the house taken care of, your job, whatever it is. It may stretch you. My son now is 6'2", and now I go. <laughs> but isn't God good to us? The way that he helps us? Wow. I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit. Bible says in Romans 8, 1 and 2, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. Isn't that powerful? What God did was he took all the laws of circumcision and laws and laws and laws and all You've read the Bible through, and you get to Deuteronomy, and you say, uh, Numbers, and you, uh, what's this all about? Laws. But there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And so God wrote a new law by J.C. to nullify all the stuff in J.G. and gives us the ability to keep step with the Spirit. I want to, uh, I just want to say something to this church today, maybe a blessing. Uh, I like to bless people as much as I can. And there's a beautiful admonition for us in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and 14. And I'd like to pronounce that today on this church. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship, that word in the Greek is communion, of the Holy Spirit be with you. That's my prayer for Lighthouse. For Pastor Jerry, Paula, all of you, to the communion, the communion of the Holy Spirit. Wow. The grace, unmerited favor of God, <laughs> and the love of God. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, receive that today. And do everything in your power <clears throat> to see, to listen, and to follow. And if you do, and Jesus tarries, next year, Pastor Appreciation Day, church will be alive and well. 
God's presence will be here because you're keeping in step with the Spirit. And he is faithful. He's God. He's God. <laughs> Amen. And who knows how God will use your life this week as you walk in the love and the communion, the fellowship, the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for being <clears throat> such a marvelous God. The ways that you work in our lives are beyond our comprehension. But we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being so closely united with us in this walk. In fact, you are the very one that makes it all possible. We don't. Nothing we have belongs to us. It's all yours. And so I pray this morning, Holy Spirit, that you'll just do a special work in the life of every person in this room, that you'll breathe upon them by your power and your spirit. That we'll just have that ability to really hear and listen to what you say. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name and give you praise and glory. And may this place always be what its name indicates, a lighthouse for the wayfaring stranger that needs Jesus, the one that's wandering from the shore, oh God. Draw them to this house and may your spirit touch their lives and they never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Would you stand with me this morning, church? I'd like, um, I'd like to close a little different this morning. I'm going to ask if Johnny and Betty, if, if you would come. The scripture says we are to give honor to whom honor is due. Those who have faithfully discharged the word of God and the work of the kingdom, I'd like to pray a prayer. And I'd like to ask you to join me. Amen. Some of you that uh, know Johnny and Betty well, many of you do over the years. You're welcome to come as well and stand around. But I would like to, uh, like to pray. And ask not only the Lord's blessing will keep them, but will continue as you have faithfully served and given for many years. He that has promised, he too will be faithful. Some of you want to come. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we stand before you today in thanksgiving, Lord, of all that you have done and all you've been. You've been faithful in the times of plenty and you've been faithful in the times when it was lean. There's not one of your good promises that has ever failed us. You have always been who you said you would be. Father, I thank you today for these, your servants. God, who will bless our lives over the many years and today. Thank you for hands that have been on the plow and have not looked back. Father, I ask today a special blessing upon them. I pray your goodness will overshadow them. I pray you will go before them and behind them. I pray the glory of the Lord will overshadow them. I pray your kindness and your mercy will follow them all the days of their life. I pray you cause your face to shine upon them. Whatever they put their hands to, Father, cause it to prosper that your name will continue to be glorified through their lives. There are lives they are yet to meet. I pray, Father, in those moments, your favor will flow forth, that lives will continue to be changed. Father, I thank you, Father, for the investment they've made in us. Lord, I just ask you to make a special investment in them today. Bless them in such a marvelous way. And Father, I will thank you and I praise you. Father, I ask you today to be with this incredible congregation. Oh God, may your mercy and kindness always overshadow them. May they know the depth of your incredible love for them and walk in the presence of your precious Holy Spirit. Keep them safe, Lord, till you bring us back together again, I pray. We'll give you all of the thanks. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you all today. May the joy of the Lord always be your strength.